Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Green machine in the house. My green gang at. Hey, now. Miss Sharon, you came through the door. I thought it was my grandson. There he is. Make some noise for my grandson, everybody. That's a, that's a joke that the couples will know about. But thank you. He celebrated his 40th birthday. It was last, was it last Friday? Last Friday, everybody give him happy birthday, Josh. Yeah. You can tell he likes that. We got him a card that said about being a grandson, just how we love him. But good morning, church. I pray, you know, that you've had a blessed day, an exciting morning. As you can tell, my voice is, I'm starting to lose it. I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm tired, boss. I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. and You may have noticed there's some people here today that are wearing the same shirts. Okay, so you might be like, well, what's that about? What does that got to do with anything? Are they part of a gang? We are, okay? It's a Christian gang. Okay. That's a church pop. All right. Jaden, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. We don't lost your bullets. But it's called YU, Youth Unified. You know, our church is Lubbock Unified. We want to be youth that's unified with each other, uh, unified with the church, unified with God, and so... This weekend, we've had a, a youth retreat. We've been all over the city. Will you show that slide, Elijah? We even got the youth working the media today. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we showing the picture. Yeah, Nat is back there, too. Look at them. Look at that group there, y'all. We took them all over the city. We got left by the city bus transportation, so... I'll be writing a strongly worded email to them later this afternoon. But, you know. One thing that's also been going on uh, on top of the youth retreat is we've been in 10 days of prayer. Now, that's a global event happening all over the world where different churches, denominations are partnering to seek God for 10 days straight praying. And so we got to have a prayer service this past Wednesday. We have another one coming this coming Tuesday. And so I, I mention these things because I always want you to know you're part of a bigger family, okay? When you come to church here, this is your family, okay? Even if this is your first time, you don't know nobody, welcome to the family, okay? Yeah. Welcome to the family. So we're excited to have y'all here. And that's the thing about God is, you know, he wants us to be a part of his family. And like we just pray for Pastor John, that's part of an extended family all over the world. And you never know where it's going to take you. It might be in Oregon with Pastor John. I also have a, a special friend of mine, Russell. My brother's here. He was trying to get me to go to the Philippines with him. You never know. God might send you to the Philippines. So you never know what God has in store for you, which excites me about God. Because when I think about the families that we all have, it's made up of a lot of different people, right? We all look different. We're all gifted differently, but we're still family. And the thing about that is we still all have a purpose. We still have all been created to do something amazing that's unique to us, just like our fingerprints. No fingerprints match. Your fingerprints are your fingerprints. And so I want to speak to you today on something like that 
So let's pray, and I'll get more into what I'm talking about. Father, I just thank you that in a world filled with copies and uh, replications and impersonations, Father, you made us to be us. And so help us discover what that looks like in you. Help us live that out, Lord, where we're comfortable in our own skin, that we don't allow the influence of the world or anybody else to shake what you have for us. And so, Father, I just pray you would speak to us in a way that is unshakable, that empowers us, that energizes us, Lord. And, man, just allows us to see the goodness that is always around us. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. So when you hear the word genius, right, there's probably a lot of different things that come to your mind and probably specific people that come to your mind. And for me, I think a lot of times when I think of the word genius, I think of like Albert Einstein, right? You heard of that guy? Big hair. He made that popular back then. Or another guy that you might have heard of is Leonardo da Vinci. Those are some people that the world and other scholars would say they were geniuses of their time and still considered geniuses of today's time. When I think about people in today's time, you might think of maybe Steve Jobs, the guy that invented Apple and so many other things, and maybe Bill Gates, Elon Musk, that's a good one, right? The man with all the satellites, right? You might think of uh, Rihanna, bad girl Riri, but no, she's not, a, she's not a genius, okay? But usually when we think about a genius, we think about somebody that is super intelligent or they're, you know, uniquely gifted or they're really special at certain things. And so when we think about that, we're like, man, you know what? It would be cool to be a genius. It would be cool to live that life. It would be cool to be genius. But oftentimes, we don't view ourselves as that. Well, there's been a lot of studies on, you know, what makes a genius. How do you become a genius over the last several years? And I want to share with you some information that they discovered. One study showed that if there was a room full of two million people, right, you gather two million people in a group, only one person would be a genius. Another survey said, you know what, if you gathered the whole population of the earth and you asked and find out who was a genius, that it would be 0.25% would be considered a genius. But then there was a different study that I really thought was interesting. They took thousands of preschool kids, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and they did these tests on them about their IQ and about being a creative genius. And would you come to find out that 98% of them tested that they were a genius? 98%. So they were shocked by the results, and they said, you know what, let's follow this group and let's see what happens. So they watched as they went, and they went to grade school, to elementary, middle school, and that number of 98% turned to 30. Well, they were like, man, that's, that's a big drop-off. Let's see what happens when they go to high school. So that same group they followed and they monitored, they did the test again, and now that 30% became 12 so they did the test again. They said, well, this happens when they become an adults. The test showed that it was less than 2% were geniuses. Church, maybe our view of genius isn't the full definition that we think it is. You see, to be a genius goes far beyond being uniquely gifted or super intelligent or smart. It goes by understanding who you are, who you were made to be, what giftings that you have and how they are to be a gift to this world. And so I want to just speak that life into you today. Because when I look around, you know what I see? I see a bunch of geniuses. That's what I see. And I want to read something that what the word of God says. 
It says this in Genesis chapter 1, chapter book 1, yeah, chapter 1, the very first book of the Bible, in verse 27. This is what it says. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That might be something that you've heard before, right? That you were created in God's image. But if you really soaked in the truth of what that means, if God is who God is, and that means he's holy, he's perfect, he got it all together, and you're created in that image, that means that some of that's in you. That matter of fact, a lot of that is in you. And so I want you to receive this first takeaway here today, that you were created with purpose. You created with purpose. You might look in the mirror and you think, man, why do I got all these moles? Why do I got no hair? It all got purpose, okay? You reflect the king. You reflect something that is perfect and holy and has it all together. That's hard for us to digest, though, because a lot of times there's something else that's always fighting for our attention, fighting for our thoughts, that's trying to pull us away from this truth. And then some people will call it the enemy. Some people call it the devil. Some people call him Satan. Did you know that the word Satan means accuser? You see, when you accuse somebody of something, what you're doing is you are saying that they are guilty of something. And so when accusations come against you of doing that and there is no evidence to prove that, you know what that is? That's actually a lie clothed in deception. So that means it ain't real. But the thing is, it's real easy to believe it. It's real easy to allow it to have your attention and hold you there and to keep you there and not realize who you're meant to be. But Jesus talks about this and he wants us to be hip to the game, okay? I want to read what Jesus says in John chapter 8, starting at verse 44. This is what he says about the devil, about the enemy, about Satan. He says, he is a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he's a liar. He's the father of lies. So the devil is a, a liar, right? He's the father of lies. So it shouldn't surprise us that that's the way he's going to come at us. It says there's no truth in him. But you know what's in you, though? A whole lot of truth. Do you know who you reflect? You reflect something that's perfect, something that's holy, something that uniquely made you to be you. So if you got nice, beautiful hair, man, that reflects our father's hair. If you got nice, beautiful skin, that reflects our father's skin. If you're super good with numbers, that reflects our father's intelligence. If you know how to have conversations with people and, and care for them and be empathetic where you can meet them where they're at, that reflects our Father. You see, God sees a lot of himself in you because he made you to reflect himself in you. In church, especially my youth, that's what I see too. All around the city we drove and we checked out all things and I kept telling y'all, yo, this is y'all. This is what you can be. This is who you are because that's the truth. So when other people say, man, you're weird, you say, nah, man, God made me special, okay? When other people are like, well, I don't know, you're just different, say, you sure right I am. God made me to stand out. I ain't supposed to look like everybody. I'm supposed to be me. There's only one of you on this planet. There's billions of other people trying to be other people. Why not be you? Be you. 
You were created with purpose. It's not by accident. It's not by chance. So you might wonder, why do I have all these imperfections? Why is it easy for somebody to do something that's difficult for me? <laughs> for one, that's all of us, okay? Ain't nobody got it all together. I tell y'all that all the time. But that's the truth. If you would have looked at the itinerary that we had for the weekend of all the things we were going to do, you'd be like, I don't know how y'all even did any of that because we were all over the place. But I told them this morning, right, it's early in the morning, and I'm walking down the hallways. I said, guess what? Can I tell y'all something? They're like, what's up? I said, the bus left us, but the bus can't stop us. We got left by the city bus, y'all, and they couldn't stop us because I said, we here today, okay? So let that be a lesson. Don't allow nothing to stop you from your dreams. Don't allow nothing to stop you from being you. Not everybody's always going to stop and pick you up and take you for a ride. But don't let that allow you to stop you from being you. So maybe you have a problem seeing Jesus in you. I think a lot of the times our problem has nothing to do with our sight. There's nothing wrong with the things that we're looking. You know what's wrong with it? It's our focus. It's our attention. That's where we got the issues. And I want to read a couple verses from Proverbs. This first one comes out of Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says this. My man, you put it on the screen. <laughs> For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. That means the things that you allow in your heart. I don't know if you know anything about the heart, but it wants to soak love up. But something that often it soaks up to is rejection, is pain, is bitterness. And the Bible just told us that what's in our heart is going to become what's in our mind. And if we allow bad things to fill our hearts, it's going to fill our minds, and it's going to affect the way that we see ourselves. So when somebody comes with something that is untrue, we're going to be like, well, that makes sense because I've been thinking that about myself the whole time. That don't mean it's the truth, though. Check out what this next verse says in Proverbs 23. It said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. God's saying, look, man, you got to be careful what you're allowing to play with your heart because not everything's good for you. And once it affects your heart, it affects your mind, and it's going to affect the things you're going to experience in this life. And that's the truth. If you want a destination to be somewhere successful and doing all these things, well, be careful of what you're allowing to touch your heart because it's going to continue to lead you in your life. He's letting us know, man, we got to be careful with that. There was an old saying I always heard when I was growing up. It said, you can't lead a horse to drink water. You could lead them to the water, but it's up to them. And it's the same thing for each one of us. You can have people that will tell you the truth all day, that will show things, that will prove it to you, but it's up to you to discover it for yourself. It's up to you to believe it. It's up to you to accept it. So as much as we tell y'all things and I tell y'all things all the time, everybody in here, at the end of the day, I'm like, Lord, I hope they received it, because I don't know. And for a long time, that was me. People telling me stuff all the time, and I was like, oh, okay. You don't know nothing about me. It wasn't until I finally saw the truth from the lies, and I started accepting only the truth, that everything really changed for me. And that's what I want y'all to learn, that you don't have to accept anything that your father didn't say about you. You don't have to accept anything that the world says about you that is untrue. Let's accept the truth. You were made with purpose, on purpose, 
to fulfill a purpose. The other thing that you were made for, and I want you to take away today, is you were created to create. From the beginning, God has called us to be fruitful and multiply. You probably have heard that. And a lot of times people think about just children, okay? You know how many kids are born every minute? What y'all got? Give me a number. Thousand. It says 250 kids are born every minute. Over 350,000 kids come into the world every day. So I think when we take that verse, right, we talk about being fruitful, multiply. I think having kids, we kind of got that down, right? A lot of people are like, Pastor, you got four kids? I sure do. Are you going for five? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. But if you ever gone to the grocery store and you ever seen them little oranges, some people call them halos. Some people call them cuties. The Spanish version, it says Clemente. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but there's bags of little oranges, okay? And if you ever got one of them bags and took it home, kind of forgot about them a little bit, and then went to go grab one and you find out that half the bag ain't no good, that they're all messed up, they're all jacked up, you'd be like, man, it don't make no sense. See, church, just because you have a lot of fruit doesn't mean you're being fruitful. Doesn't mean that it's good fruit. Doesn't mean that it's worth passing on. Doesn't mean that it has a lot of value, a lot of worth. Multiplying what you have doesn't mean that you're increasing the value or worth of anything. I know plenty of people with a lot of stuff. I'm talking more stuff than they know what to do with, and they got a TV show for that. It's called Hoarders, okay? Have y'all ever seen that? Nah, but seriously, <laughs> not all fruit is the same. And when we multiply bad fruit, that's a quick way to destroy your life, to destroy your family, to destroy everything that God has been working on. But I want to speak to you about what some good fruit looks like. I want to read this verse in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. It says this, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, the Spirit that lives in you when you accept Jesus, it creates this kind of fruit. It says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. So we are come from a creator who created us to create good things in this world. And for everybody, that's going to look differently. But you know what it's going to reflect? Love, patience, kindness, gentleness, joy, self-control. Have you ever gone to the store and you ever opened the door for somebody, you're holding it open? When you finally let it go, you see somebody else do the same thing. And you see somebody else do the same thing. That's multiplying. That's being fruitful. That's creating good fruit in your life. We're all capable of doing it. We're all capable of giving good fruit back into this world. Fruit that's going to bless somebody beyond us. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter where you come from. You created to create. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, it says this. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. So all this is temporary. Too many times we get hung up on things that are going to be gone just like the wind in a moment. We allow it to eat at us, to build up, when we miss the good things that are right in front of us. 
And the father said, look, man, I, everybody's my favorite. There ain't just one person. God being the good, just God that he is, he, man, he treats us all fairly. He treats us all equal. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for like, you know what? I'm going to die for Peter. I'm going to die for Paul. Judas, not you. He didn't pick and choose who he was dying for. He said, I'm dying for everybody. That means even those that came against him. You might be like, man, I don't understand why he did it. Man, he did it because he loves us all. He loves us equally. So when we look at somebody and we're like, man, I don't know if my gift or the things I'm creating, that's not as cool as that person's or that doesn't bring value like that person and you're missing the whole point. Not everybody's gift and stuff is supposed to look the same. Yours is yours. And there's somebody out there that is in need of that. There's somebody out there that is waiting for that. There's somebody out there that wants to learn how to do the same thing. So that's a question that we all got to ask ourselves. If we are created to create, what are we creating? Are we creating things that are fruitful? Are we multiplying good fruit? And if we're not, change it today. We don't have to wait any longer. It doesn't have to continue on more than what it already should. There's a lot of times some of these leaders will tell me some things and I'm like, man, I need to work on that right now. I'm sorry. I have to apologize to them. I said, you know what, you're sure right. I should have done this, this way, this way, that way. And I try to get better every moment. Because you don't have to wait. You don't have to get it all together to wait to go do these things. Here's the third takeaway that I want you to receive today. That you are a blessing to others. You're a blessing to everyone. You might be thinking, well, I always heard I'm a mess. I'm a problem. I'm this, I'm that. Man, if people telling you that you're those things, a lot of times it has nothing to do with who you actually are. A lot of times it has to do with the things that you're acting, that you're choosing to do. It's about your actions, not who God created you to be, not what his intentions were. So when we find ourselves reflecting something other than his word, don't put it off like, well, God made me this way. Nah, he didn't make you that way. He made you in his image. So that means complete, that means holy, that means perfect. That means to bear that good fruit of his spirit in your life. Church, that's something that we have to believe, that's something that we have to say, and that's something we have to live, okay? So we have to believe it, we have to say it, we have to live it. You gotta believe this stuff, you gotta say this stuff, you gotta live this stuff. If you ain't going to do all three, then you're going to be hurting yourself. So you got to believe it. You got to say it. You got to live it. Church, what you got to do? You got to believe it. You got to say it. You got to live it. You got to believe it. You got to say it. You got to live it. You are a blessing to others. You're a blessing to parents. You're a blessing to your family. You're a blessing to the people at your schools, at your workplaces. I don't know if y'all realize, but y'all blessing each other all day long. I don't see how much joy and fun, like that life that he talked about, that's that good fruit. That's that blessing that's being produced all around each other and to each other. I want to read something that God told Abram in Genesis chapter 12. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. That's a covenant that God gave Abram, and that same promise is given to each one of us through Jesus. 
that we will be a blessing to others, that we will see nations blessed through us, that he would make great things come from us. That's all of y'all. Y'all are a blessing to others. So even when people are giving you a hard time, say, man, you know what? I might not be blessing them, but I'm blessing somebody. You're a blessing to somebody. There's this verse in Psalms 37, 23, and it says this. The Lord directs the step of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. So when we allow the Lord to direct our steps, he's going to be delighted with us. And you might be like, well, how is that possible if I get it wrong so much and I'm walking with him? He's happy with the progress you're making. He's delighted in the details of your life. Even in the mess and stuff, he might not always approve it. He might not always like the choices that you make, but he's delighted that you're choosing to do it with him. He's delighted that you're looking at it and seeing it the way that he is. He's delighted that you're seeing that and you want to do something more than about yourself. He's delighted in the details of you. You're a blessing to others. He designed you to be that way, not to be a copy, not to be somebody else. We even had some identical twins in the house, two sets of them. But if you know anything about them, they are not the same. And that's the beauty of it. God didn't call them to be the same. They're not supposed to look the same. They're not supposed to talk the same. And even if they did, they would still be different. And that's the thing. We all have a special place in God's heart. We all have a purpose. And it's to create something beautiful in this world, to be a blessing to other people. So my challenge for everybody, for the whole church, for myself, it's that simple. Be you. Be who God designed you to be. If you know anything about me, I, don't, I ain't like a lot of pastors. And it took me a long time to discover, okay, God, you made me to be this. The whole time I was chasing all these other things that I thought I was supposed to be. But when I learned to be me, psh, windows of heaven opened up. Everything changed. And the same is possible for all of us. There's only one you. Be you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you designed us uniquely. You did not design us specifically, that we all have purpose, that we all have the ability to create beautiful things in this world, that you give us things to bless other people with. A lot of times we think of only monetary things. We think about financial things. We think about resource things. But Father, you bless us with something even greater to pass on. And so Father, will we pass on our faith? Will we pass on the love of Jesus? Will we recognize the way that Jesus loves us as a calling to simply pass that on as well? Father, help us create. Help us fulfill the plans that you have for each one of us. Help us not be anybody else but us. So, Father, I just thank you for this weekend. I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you allow me to be me. And I pray that everybody would receive that as well for themselves. That they would embrace that, that they would walk in the fullness of that, that they would experience your fullness, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit, man, would multiply that good fruit. Father, we just thank you and we love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, we're going to go to a time of worship. Uh, so you're more than welcome to get on your feet. You're more than welcome to move around the room. You're more than welcome to come and sit on the altar, talk, whatever you need to do to spend time with the Lord. 
in the front, I'm going to have a couple of people uh, praying. If you want to receive prayer this morning, this is a, a safe place to do it. Man, continue to pray for our youth, okay? Pray for us. Youth, I want to tell you this specifically, okay? If you felt like this weekend has been awesome, it's been good, but you've also been feeling like you're coming under attack, that's all of us, okay? When you feel that way, you feel those emotions coming at you, you ain't the only one. Your parents go through that. Adults go through that. And we, that's a battle. But that battle that's bigger than us, we have something bigger to fight it with. And on top of that, man, that battle's already won. The reason you're feeling those things, the reason those things are coming against you is because you're coming closer to God. You're coming closer to discovering who you are in him of being you. So them battles are always going to come, but know you got a family to fight with you. You got a family that loves you, and we all going to get through this together. So let's go into worship.